0: Leadership File, on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. An often forgotten element in full-time church leadership is the role of the spouse. In some churches there's an unspoken expectation that he or she shares in the ministry – They can feel isolated when times are tough and often find that friendships in the church are hard to form because of their status. In many cases, the spouseman will be a woman who may take the lion's share of looking after the children, which has challenges itself in the goldfish bowl of church life. Well, to discuss this, I'm joined by Roland and Ali Clear. Roland served in pastoral ministry at Barton Road Evangelical Church in Canterbury and Rayleigh Baptist Church in Essex. Ali has worked as a specialist midwife and crisis pregnancy counsellor, as well as wife, mum, and ministry leader. They now serve with the charity On Track Ministries, which, among other things, aims to help pastor pastors. So, welcome both of you to the Leadership File. Welcome, uh, Roland. Hi right, there, thanks, Sandy. Good uh,
1: to meet you today,
0: and good to good to have you too, Ali.
1: Yeah, good to be with
0: you. So, perhaps we could just start briefly by looking at the kind of church background to put our discussion in context. So, uh, obviously, Ali, you were the spouse to-, to Roland in the churches that you served. What did they expect of you?
1: Uh, I think before I hand uh, Ali picks up on that, um, I think it might just be good to go back over uh, what you've just said there, Andy, about our church experience. Mm, mm. Um, in Canterbury where uh, we served in a small evangelical church both experiences I guess were quite different for us mm. um, it was a relatively small evangelical church 25 members plus um, and I was there straight out of college um, in a situation where I was an assistant kind of being a jack-of-all-trades master of none as, as the experience of many I guess in that role and uh, the focus very much for our work there was uh, on outreach on a local estate and uh, we were in a situation where um, everything was new. Um, we had moved from an area which was very familiar uh, down on the south coast to Canterbury. Uh, so we were in a situation of new work, uh, new home, new church, uh, new locality, and uh, actually a new baby uh, of 12 weeks old at that stage, which was, uh, which was interesting. Um, and then that took us after three years to Raleigh, where we were there for 18 and a half years. And a very different situation in a local Baptist church, 250 members plus, uh, a staff team, a very supportive and active leadership. And uh, for me, a very specific role, which was really helpful in terms of aligned with gifting. So our experience there was, uh, was quite different. But still challenging, new home, uh, new town, new church, and uh, at that stage, two daughters under four.
0: And I'm and, going and say, Ali, you, you your experience as a spouse?
1: Yes,
2: actually, just as an aside here, you know, I, I said to her, we can't move to any more churches because we seem to pick up children wherever we move, <laughs> move to a new place, have a new baby. So, <laughs> um, you know, there was a degree of naivety on my part, I think, when we first went into ministry. I didn't know what to expect. Um, As Rona said, we were new parents, new job, new town, that sort of thing. But in addition to that, it was a new experience for the church, too. They'd never had an assistant minister, so it was a bit of unknown territory for them, too. Um, And so they didn't know what to expect, and we didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. So it was a bit of a, uh, let's work this out together. Um, When we moved to the second church, I had a much clearer idea, having learned lessons from being in in the first one, I remember uh, being at Barton Road, and uh, the first Sunday I was there, somebody came up to me with a flower rotor and said, oh, we put you on the flower rotor." and I'm thinking, I hate doing flowers. I kill them rather <laughs> than produce nice displays. And, and that was my first introduction to being the minister's wife and having to deal with that right then and say, actually, you know what? This isn't me. I'm really sorry, but can you take me off the flower rotor?" Um, I had very little preparation going into being a minister's wife. There was nothing really at Bible college that prepared me for it. Um, I think what I learned was that it's really important to clarify the expectations, both your expectations um, and the expectations of the church you're going into. The second time around, um, I was very clear in saying that, you know, I'd be an active church member. I would use my gifts, my strengths, um, but it was not a case of buy one get one free um, and I would be, my primary role was, was going to be as a wife, mum and just retaining my own personal identity. I was going back to work and so on. My experience is that if we don't deal with those expectations, you know, unspoken expectations can lead to wrong assumptions and wrong assumptions can lead to landmines and relationships. You know, it's really, really important that we don't um, make those assumptions um, and spoil our relationships.
0: Well, in this in this conversation, we're going to you know kind of touch on some of the areas, um, you know, of uh, the potential areas, and, and sadly, they're going to be they're going to be the tougher bits because that's the aim of talk. I pre- appreciate that not all spouses of ministers have have uh, you know are facing these kind of things, but but thank you for for agreeing to share something of your story in this. So, w- one of the challenges can be confidentiality. You know, how much that the minister shares with their spouse. Uh, Church members can assume the spouse knows stuff when he or she doesn't. Um, So what would be your your advice? Is it best for the spouse to be left out of the loop or to be brought into it?
1: Uh, From very early on, we made a decision in ministry that uh, we wouldn't share everything. Um, That was a boundary that we felt was going to be healthy uh, for my work in the local church and also to protect uh, Ali and the children. Um, As you say, Andy, there is an assumption that we've come across in in many uh, areas of ministry where Ali used the expression just now, buy one, get one free. So uh, the assumption can be that the wife is there, she knows everything, and therefore can uh, be a port of call for folk when they're, wrestling with issues or they just assume that uh, Ali will know everything. Uh, That said, I was in the privileged position in both uh, church situations where I was part of a team ministry. So the need to have to go and share everything with Ali wasn't as acute as we realize it can be uh, for others. But I'll I'll let Ali pick up on that a moment because I think that's an important part of the difference between sometimes having a ministry team um, and a supportive leadership and sometimes where uh, somebody in ministry can feel isolated and how the space, therefore, uh, maybe does share in some of those more critical areas.
2: Yeah, I think that that's a key issue. If your leadership is supportive, you've got a great team around you, um, then that's fantastic. Um, I think you can, as a spouse, you can be protected from things, from church. But if you are a ministry on your own, as as many people are, you have to lean more heavily on each other and you have to talk about things. And in those circumstances, it's so important to establish and maintain boundaries um, that you, you have to work out what those boundaries are as individuals, as couples. Um, it's, mo- it's really, really vital that you do that in that kind of situation. Um, and it's not... I think one of the dangers is that some people see talking to the wife as a back door um, to getting to the church leader. Um, I can remember having conversations with people on the phone, particularly people would phone up and be talking about a situation, and I'm thinking, I know nothing about this. Um, and do I actually say to them right now, I don't know, and I don't know what you're talking about, or do I just kind of say yes and no in all the right places and then pass the information on? You know, there are times when you put in a very difficult position. Um, but by and large, we did very much, as Roland explained, try to um, keep the two things separate. He would uh, not share any confidential things with me that I didn't need to know.
0: Is it is this the kind of thing that um, this is a supplementary question that the the church could discuss kind of openly, or is that is it kind of is it kind of tricky to to discuss?
1: I would say, uh, from our experience again, both in ministry and talking with people through the work that we're now doing with on track ministries, that uh, a lot of assumptions are made very early on in in ministry when somebody is uh, assigned to a new role, taking up that position. And uh, Ali used the expression earlier on, clarifying expectations. And uh, we feel that we're learning more and more that having those crucial conversations is a vitally important part of ministry and reinforcing those as well. Because although things can be said and it would seem agreed, uh, there are times certainly where we had to go back over things with folk in the church and say again, uh, I can assure you Ali does not know about this. Um, So I I think early on, we would say early on in ministry, it's important to get those boundaries in place uh, because we realise as well sometimes husband and wife are in leadership together um, and therefore those conversations need to be had um, so that uh, there is that clear understanding from both those in ministry and those in the local church as well.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, a minister vicar will often face criticism especially when engineering change that is to be welcomed, not not welcomed um the spouse can find themselves ignored or even uh buttonholed in the hope that they can influence them and and Ali kind of alluded to that earlier so it can be a very lonely place for the spouse um so we're just coming to a break but uh, maybe you could start with a a few thoughts on advice for spouses in this position
1: Mm,
2: absolutely yeah um firstly uh, to be honest that wasn't really my experience um Roland was always considered one of these approachable people, and people felt comfortable speaking to him, so that wasn't my experience, but I have spoken to many other people, and that is definitely true for them. Um, There are a few things that I would say about that. Um, The first thing is that um, I think it's really important that you create a network of support around you, friends, family, both in the church, if you can, and out of the church, and my experience is that most women who are spouses um, of those in church leadership will find perhaps it's more comfortable making relationships in this vein outside of the church so they feel more confident that whatever they say can be um, in confidence and will will not get back to the church. Um, The sort of relationship we're talking about needs to be honest, um, affirming, that will challenge you. Uh, Someone who will pray for you and with you. Um, and someone who will invest their time in you and not just in your ministry. That's so important, somebody to walk with you. Um, but to create that network helps to support you through those times because there will be plenty of opportunities for people to criticize you, not just through um, changes that, that are, are trying to be um, brought into the church, but because of choices you make as well, um, you know, where you go on holiday, um, the kind of car, the, the things that you wear. You know, things, there, there are so many things that we've come, encountered in our time with On Track Ministries that, you know, people have had criticism leveled at them for different things. Um, we need to cultivate friendships as well and activities that replenish us it's really important that we find things that will restore our souls when we're faced with those difficult situations Um, uh, bill hybels tells this wonderful illustration of how you go to somebody's house for dinner and you're sitting in the car outside and you say to each other okay what's the earliest time that we can leave because you know this is going to be a draining evening as opposed to somebody else's house you go to dinner and you say, well, what's the latest we need to get back to the, the babysitter? You know, it, those kind of relationships where you just spend time with people and they, it's fun and you just, yeah, just restore your soul. So that's the second thing I'd say, that you need to cultivate those replenishing activities and relationships. And the other thing I would say is also when people come to you, especially if they're trying to get through the back door to the um, to the, the leadership is to deflect those conversations. You know, if you have a problem, go and speak to them yourself. Um, those, those things I would definitely advise people to do. But perhaps the most important thing of all is the need to cultivate a deep personal relationship with God yourself to sustain you through those difficult times, to become secure in who you are and whose you are. That's, uh, I would say that's probably the most important thing.
0: Thank you. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Roland and Ali Clear. We're talking particularly about the role of a spouse in church leadership. We'll be back just after this. And welcome back to The Leadership File I'm with me, Andy Peck. We're joined this week by Roland and Ali Clear. They've been involved in church leadership themselves in uh, in Canterbury and uh, in Rayleigh Baptist Church in, in Essex. Uh, Roland is the um, uh, as the full-time as it were minister uh, and alias his wife we've been talking um about the challenges that that, that spouses face in that relationship we we're talking particularly before the break of of how you need to build relationships for with those outside the church in order to uh, have a place to go particularly if um, if criticism is leveled at you for whatever reason um obviously you were gr- growing up you mentioned already uh, guys the uh, with a family and uh, the question is, how do you create space to be a normal family in the pressure cooker of a, of, of church life?
1: I think it's always interesting, Andy, in terms of the uh, definition, as many would say, is what is normal. <laughs> um, we've uh, questioned our sanity at times, let alone our normality. Um, yes. In answer to your question there, and it's an important one, again, healthy boundaries, we're going to keep on trumpeting this because we believe it's so important in different areas of life, but in in this for normal family life as well, um, and respecting those both yourselves um, when you set them and those in the church. And again, that's about clear communication. Uh, We realize we weren't always great at saying this is our time off and this is when we are not available to people, um, as well as the church being able to understand that and abiding by it. Um, obviously there's flexibility because one realises that ministry is more than a job, it is a vocation. But I think often, uh, both from personal experience and again through our work with On Track, we realise that uh, there are many in ministry who can feel that they are there at the beck and call of all of those that they seek to serve, not only in the local church but in the wider community in their desire to build kingdom. Uh, For us, in terms of normality, I would say it comes back again to saying, uh, you know, there are only so many hours in a day, and what are the hours I'm going to work in a given day, Um, so many days in a given week, and when are we going to take time off, and making it clear about a day off, or if there is the luxury of more than a day off, and I'll come to that in a moment, um, having that as well. I think normality for us as well, and uh, trying to uh, protect the children from that and build relationship with our three daughters, Uh, often I had the luxury, I didn't always build build meetings in to uh, first thing in the morning, although that was the case uh, in in Essex because we had guys commuting. But I still wanted to find time to take the kids to school, for instance, and uh, make that a priority to be able to talk to them as we walked and uh, have time to clear my head before I got into the office. I'd also take time out during the day um, if there were important sporting events or music events or uh, parent evenings, whatever it was, so that the children really did know that they were valued in the midst of uh, the challenges of of local church ministry and the joys. Uh, Also taking holidays. Um, I wasn't always great. Um, Ali would often uh, encourage me to plan those in. But we've come to see over the years that planning those in rather than just being spontaneous and trying to cram time off as holidays in is important. Um, As is for us in a couple uh, situation, uh, uh, being in ministry, uh, marriage time, um, a date night. And and we, in latter years, sought to try and prioritize that as uh, one evening a week, which was our time. And both the church would understand that and uh, the children would as well. Because, again, we wanted to lead by example, not just to tell folk in the church that having good marriages was important, but actually to demonstrate that as well. And and I I would say as well, I think in our situation today where technology bangs in on every uh, face of life, that there are sometimes spaces where there is no technology and that we can just be fully present with one another. Um, As family, uh, I know there are many times that the girls would say, Dad, are you with us or not at a meal time? And it was really important for them to be able to say that and for me to be fully present with them. Um, getting our priorities straight, uh, does God come first um, or is it work and church that comes first? Uh, where does marriage figure in that? We would say God, marriage, family and then church are those priorities. And, and importantly, learning to say no. Uh, we can't be all things to all people. And uh, it's therefore important that we lead, as I say, again by example, in having good time off. And, and just finally from me, one of the things here is, uh, it's where the Sabbath fig- figure in ministry today. We believe it's a biblical principle um, that is there for us. In fact, it's a command as we read in Scripture. But for many of us in ministry, it would seem today, again, that Sabbath doesn't feature. Uh, it's just saying, well, I have a day off and I'm trying to get all my jobs done. But there is little uh, that is stopping, resting delighting and contemplating and we just see those things as as essential vital i mean it's a creation ordinance um and where are we in ministry but that's for another time maybe but uh, that's what we've sought to do that's what we encourage folk to do in order to have that normality and plenty of fun as well because otherwise life can become very serious
0: Uh, in in some churches there's a real financial challenge um you alluded to, the, Ali alluded to this a little bit in terms of criticism of, of where you go on holiday and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, the church leader can be paid poorly um, and yet maybe an environment where there's a certain standard of living is normal and uh, in, in some cases, church leaders purchasing decisions are scrutinised. Um, I mean, I personally record a colleague receiving a cheeky comment over his choice of car. Um, I mean, have you come across these sort of problems?
2: Yes. Oh, oh yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> We we ourselves have been very blessed by the financial support we've received in ministry, but we know that there is that's just not true for everyone. Um, we've heard of ministers being called and then paid just enough to ensure they could claim benefits on top of their salary. Um, you know, our own experience we uh, in those early days of ministry, <laughs> even though we felt very um, blessed and supported by our, our situation you know if we were invited out to dinner we could only afford a bottle of lemonade not a bottle of wine to take to our um our guests home that sort of thing you know and, and there are issues thing it, around the manse when you you live in a church property who pays for what and how does that work and do you have to live with things that other people wouldn't live with just because you live in in the manse and other people think that their second hand um donations to the manse is is actually okay um, even though they are getting rid of them because they think they're a bit tired and worn. I, I think these can be challenges that we have to face in terms of, of um, the financial financial side of ministry. Um, I, I think our fundamental belief is that a minister's salary should reflect the church that they serve in. You know, don't call a minister unless you can afford to pay him or her, um, and pay them a salary that reflects the church and the community that they serve in. Um, I think that's
1: only fair i think we would just as well say there that it's important that we recognize that all we have is something that we steward before god so um, there are some choices that we will make as those in ministry that won't always be appreciated by others but i think we need to be sensitive to the people we serve um, but not um, so dominated by what they may think of us that it may stop us from holidaying in a certain way or dressing our children in a certain way or even purchasing a car. Um, We know of somebody in ministry years ago in a parachurch organisation that was going to be more economical to actually drive and purchase a BMW as opposed to a Ford Focus, but because of the nature of the ministry, the Ford Focus had to be purchased. Otherwise, what would the ministry and those supporting it actually think?
0: Well. Yeah. well uh sadly guys um uh, time's time's coming to an end um it's been fascinating to uh to talk about the um you know the challenges that that, that are very real and it's this is uh, i've done almost 450 shows and sadly we, we've only we only touched on this with one couple in the past and uh uh, it may well be that you're touching on the nerves of of as it were touching the nerve for, for a lot of folk um you you're involved in on track ministries T- tell us a little bit about um how people could get in touch or at least learn a bit more about on track
1: okay uh always helpful as a website um www.ontrackministries.co.uk uh outlines a lot of the work that we're involved in but our our, our key um, challenge, I think, for us in picking up with this ministry after uh, stepping out of local church ministry and the roles and responsibilities we have there is the question of who pastors the pastor, who walks with those who 's mentoring, who 's supporting both husband and wife in ministry. Uh, our commitment is basically saying that uh, authentic living leads to authentic leadership. And we want to be, as part of OnTrack Ministries, there to encourage, to affirm, uh, to enable and equip people for the long haul which is ministry and um, we believe when people are called to ministry often it is a lifelong call not always um, but sadly we're seeing too many people drop out too quickly and we see that that is maybe because there's a lack of support so we want to be able to offer that through on-track ministries along with many other good ministries that are out there too but that's our primary goal to be able to build relationship walk with husbands wives families through our own experience uh, in helping them to stay fresh Healthy soul um, to lead from um, for a healthy ministry and a healthy family
0: life. Well, Roland and and Annie, thank you so much for, for all you've shared. Our pleasure. Do Absolutely. do log on to the to Premier Zone website and you can leave, listen to archive recordings of leadership Fund, including this one. In due course, I will put a link to on track uh, ministries are on the website so if you've for some reason didn't manage to copy down the website address it will be there for you um, it's been great to have your company again look forward to you joining us next sunday at three thirty. thanks for tuning in